If you like listening to Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love watching us. Really? Wait, how? I, guess, I guess you will. I guess you will. But how, how can one do that, Mark? Now you can download the free Electric Now app featuring video podcasts of The Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, and tons of free TV, movies, and more. You're saying it's so all, all free? All free? I'm saying it's free. 100% no free. Page, 100%. There's no Patreon. There's no premium fees. There's no electronic frontier. Well, there's no All excuse there is, not to get it then. There's no excuse not to. That's what I'm saying. So download the Electric Now app today and start watching us right now. Hello, this is not really Gene Roddenberry, but uh, if it were, uh, I would urge you to uh, listen and watch the Inglorious Trexperts. Because uh, who knows, maybe it'll uh, bring in more income. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital, wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and you're listening to Criterion Week on the 430 movie. What is Criterion Week, you might ask? What is Criterion Criterion Week? What's Criterion Week? Well, thank you for asking. (laughs) Criterion Week is a tribute to the great Criterion Collection, which has put some of the greatest movies of all time and the great special editions of all time. We'll talk about that. But before we do, let me introduce you to your 430 movie hosts, Mr. Monday, Steve Melching. Movies, now more than ever. On Tuesday, it's Darren Doctorman. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> On Wednesday, it's Ashley Miller. You're freaking right it is. And of course... <laughs> On Thursday, it's Mark Altman. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, the way we do this is we program a fantasy theme week based on theme. This is a little different, of course, because we are programming a week of great Criterion discs. Now, uh, so you won't be watching these on TV like you normally do on the 430 movie. You'll be spooling these up in your Unless DVD you're player. The Criterion channel. Your Blu-ray. Oh, that's true. You could be watching the Criterion channel. Thank you for Who that, Who should be Ashley. paying for this podcast? <laughs> they really should, should they? Emotional consideration. Uh, Not paid for. Like part of this is, you know, the, the holidays are approaching. Maybe this will give you some ideas of, of some discs that they can find their way into a stocking somewhere. Um, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, this is the Criterion is the, the, the gold star, the platinum edition if you will. Of, well, it's the um, criterion. Yeah, it's the it criterion really of, 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 of Blu-rays. Uh, before that, of course, we'll talk about um, how it all got started. But, um, you know, when people aspire to do these feature-laden special editions, they're attempting to achieve the heights of uh, a criterion disc. And a lot of filmmakers, you know, aspire to have their films put out by Criterion. It's the mark of quality. It is something that cinephiles relish. Um, Criterion often shows great filmmakers coming to the quote unquote Criterion closet. 
to pick out um, their favorite films. Um, and it's something really special. And surely, and for a, us, surely a 60 minute podcast is worth a visit to the Criterion Closet the next time we're in New York. yeah i had that experience actually out here i think it was when image image entertainment was distributing criterion discs and i was dealing with image on something and i I was over there for a lunch meeting and they said yeah come into the uh come into the uh, criterion closet and uh, have an adventure you mentioned that uh, that uh, fans uh, uh, really relish these. Well, I, I have to say that some of the newer discs don't cut the mustard, and they have to catch up. Wow! <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh jeez! First of all, that's what you're doing there is my job. And secondly, <laughs> how did you're not even a dad, Darren? How did you make a pun like that? I am a dad. <laughs> oh, I, I'm. Yeah, I guess I'm sorry. So I want to, I, I just want to say, so I went into the Criterion Closet and, and it was like Narnia going through the cupboard or something, because all of a sudden it was just shelves and shelves of discs. Stoop and you, you low, take, gentlemen. You, you take a couple of, uh, of, of Blu-rays and say, oh, well, this is great. They say, well, do you want anything else? So, well, maybe this and that. And I said, and you know, you have a stack and you're like, and it's like, thank you so much. This is so generous. Well, is there anything else you might be interested in? Well, as a matter of fact, and at that point, the gloves are off and you're just taking everything. It's just, it, it, it is so great. It was so, so, such a great experience um, to be able to have the run of the, uh, the Criterion Closet. Do they still a lot have, of things that, uh, do they still have laser York, discs? Well, look, they don't, but that's, that, that brings us to the, to the beginning of our tale. Um, the beginning is we, a very delicate time. We, uh, where Criterion emerged as this force for cinephiles and really, I, I think really minted this name that is so revered by fans of movies everywhere is in the Laserdisc era. In fact, it is what prompted me to buy a Laserdisc player mm-hmm. because of course, you know, they were uh, uh, licensing titles like Citizen Kane, the Bond movies, um, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of great films that they forbidden planet blade runner uh, because None of the studios were doing anything very special. They were putting them out on VHS, often pan and scan. And Criterion was putting these things out on Laserdisc uh, in their original aspect ratio with, for the first time, audio commentary with um, uh, deleted scenes, with um, uh, featurettes, and, and in, in fact, two-hour documentaries. I mean, look at that amazing Close Encounters box set that Criterion put out in the very, very beginning. So they were defining what this uh, they, world they put was like. Still, still galleries and entire screenplays that you could read through. Mm-hmm. Only on the CAV disc, yeah, because remember at the right. time it was CLV and yeah. CAV. So on a CAV disc, it could store less information, but you could do perfect still pause. And you could do that. It was all helpful for uh, scripts and uh, Fast Times are on high. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 and so um, that was an amazing feature, but you'd often have to get up and, and change the disc more often because it's funny, you know, when lasers first came out, it didn't automatically flip the disc. It was like a record, you know? And so it was all, the sign of a good disc was it would always have its break at a good point, you know, where you would have to get up, flip the disc and then play the rest of the movie, which was on the CLV. If you were lucky, it was, you know, one disc. But CAV could be three or four or five days, and every 15 minutes you're flipping the disc. I Raiders, mean, it was a different world back then. Raiders of the Lost Ark's break on the CLV was right where Indy is looking 
through the viewer at where the dig site should be. And he says, that's it. Time to flip the disc. <laughs> How exciting. And the, the, funny, the funny thing is the premium editions also came with a premium price. Yes. So I, I remember when I first moved out to California, I bought my first LaserDisc player. You know, I bought it at Ken Crane's because they were running a special where you get three discs for free. Mm -hmm. None of them were Criterion. I got Dances with Wolves, Robin Hood, Prince of, Prince of Thieves. And I always forget what the third one was. Um, but uh, but it wasn't long after that that I started scooping up Criterion discs. And uh, basically, uh, in the early 90s, should have been buying stock. But instead, <laughs> I was buying Criterion discs, much to my everlasting chagrin. Well, and, and that reminds me of a, a, a tale that I've been thinking about a lot this uh, in the run-up to recording this. And that's those are those great trips that we used to take to the Laserdisc sales. And Criterion discs were always sort of a keystone because they were so expensive that when your Ken Cranes or your Evolution had a sale, you could get a decent price on these things. And yeah. I remember those days when it would be you, Mark, and me, and Dan Weber, and uh, Rob Burnett and Eric Wallace, like all piling into your car and driving down to Orange County and waiting in line to get into these stores. And so it was like Christmas morning, like so excited to get in there and grab all the discs you could get. It was that seminal experience that in many ways was the inspiration for Free Enterprise, our movie Free Enterprise. And be, because those were such special days, that was our swingers. We yeah. would pile into the car, as you said, Ken Cranes was down in Huntington Beach. It was an hour drive. Mm -hmm. We would wait in line for them to open the store and uh, we would rush in uh, and, and, Ooh, and rush just in. emerge with like this huge stack of, of discs that we could barely carry. They were so heavy, but the discounts were, were amazing. So you would like be saving money all year. And then on the flip side, north of LA, you had the Evolution Laser to Sale, right. which was up in Woodland Hills on Chessboro Road, I remember. Yes. And uh, we would do the same thing. And I remember that when we went down to Huntington Beach, we would go to Arby's. Arby's was our uh, our haunt. And we'd compare our discs, what we bought, because nobody would talk to each other because yeah. we were running down the aisles, getting everything before they'd sell out and just piling on. So nobody would talk to each other. Like, hey, Rob, what'd you get? Shut up, I'm just getting it. You run down the hall, run and, down the aisles and just grab stuff and, and then wait at the cash register. So it wouldn't be until we would have lunch that we'd see what everybody else bought. And it was the same thing at Evolution, except there we would go. I don't remember if it was like Mimi's Cafe. We got a, a Mexican restaurant out there, wasn't there? There was a Mexican yeah, restaurant, right? And then we would go to Toys R Us with whatever yeah. few mo little money right. we had left. We would then spend at Toys R Us after we, you know, spent. A, it was always a couple this hundred, the, if not thousands of dollars. This was the spend. time where I I first started hanging out with you guys. Yeah, yes. uh, yeah because we else? thought they were cool. No, well, not no, exactly. wrong with these people. No. <laughs> No, I remember uh, Kay Rindell and Aaron Marr, who are mm -hmm. other also TV writers, would always appear at these sales. And it was always a great time. And, and when Mark says we would be waiting online, he's not exaggerating. There were often like 100 people in line waiting yeah. to get into these stores or more. And they would only let a few in at a time. So it was like going to vote, you know, and you would or like going to line Trader Joe's in COVID. Or going to trade your just where you would be on this long line. You get there like four or five in the morning, and there were already hundreds of people lined up. Yeah. And and it was like when we went to go see Star Wars the Special Edition, uh -huh. and uh, 
and 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 then slowly they would let people in um because evolution was mostly a high-end audio video uh, uh place but they also sold laser discs and the sale was like legendary i mean they sent out postcards like yeah. a month before red, it's, red it's coming cards yeah and Isn't then we went, amazing, we went on our assault but, but now you can just say and i'm not going to say the name of the ai because she will respond to me but um hey you um citizen kane and then all the ways that you can watch citizen kane appear and then you can be like oh by now the play, way raising open kane. up doordash and order me some mexican and oh by the way uh go to amazon and buy me these toys and it takes you all of five minutes you're all by yourself it all happens instantaneously well, see, that's what we've talked about, how this very special, rarefied world has gone away because virtually there's no movie that you can't, you know, click on iTunes or uh, find uh, a streaming somewhere. Um, and so the whole easy. idea of it's too easy oh, and, and of ownership of owning physical media for a lot of people has gone away. Although, as we've discovered, sometimes these films go away and you wish yeah. you owned the, the physical media. And uh also, uh, some of these special features, were, particularly in the early days, which were a little too candid, that did that you know before the the studios were paying attention, also uh, basically got uh, um, disappeared. Like the original James Bond laser discs yes. were never reissued. I was going to bring those up. Yeah, because of their uh, commentaries, because of their audio commentaries, yeah. where everybody was really a little too candid, or you know, which they made them really great. They're, they were really great. And the, the poor people who were interviewed didn't realize that this stuff was going to be going out to a lot of people. And some of them got into trouble. Huh? Uh, absolutely. And Eon, you know, didn't want those commentary tracks ever released again. Though and... some of us have preserved them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, absolutely. And even though a lot of these films have been reissued, the Bond movies, Close Encounters, Citizen Kane, you know, a lot of those editions remain sort of the zenith of, of, you know, not in audio and video quality, you know, but- But in um, content. But in content, uh, for sure. And, uh, you know, in a way they paved the way for what would become the groundbreaking work of people like Charlie DeLazarica with his Blade Runner and Alien sets and Cliff Stevenson and Rob Burnett and these guys who did these legendary, uh, the Lord of the Rings stuff, um, uh, you know, all stems from uh, the pioneering work that Criterion did in the early days of uh, home video and not really the early days of home video. It was kind of, it was past its infancy because you probably had a good 10 years of a VHS, um, and a VHS before the Laserdisc era where Criterion basically showed everyone how it was done. And they realized that they could get people to pay $150, $200 for one title. That they would never open. <laughs> I don't know about that. I always opened all of mine, but uh, this was a this was the the minimal start of the cash cow that became DVDs. And I remember, like we've talked, we probably talked about this before, but when DVDs were first came out, we were, and and this is why in free enterprise they don't talk about DVDs; they only talk about laserdiscs. We were so like DVDs suck. Laser discs are always going to be better. Um, because at first, we, DVDs did suck. Yeah, the initial, the mastering, the quality was awful. Mm -hmm. And we were like holdouts, like laser disc is the thing. And DVD, we were even reluctant to buy DVD players at first. Um, 
And, uh, you know, it took a while for us to finally give up the ghost, so to speak, on, uh, on, on, on Laserdisc and embrace DVD. And, and I remember those days very vividly because you had all these places that were suddenly purging all their Laserdiscs. And there were all these great deals to be had because we yeah. went to the Pioneer sale in Long Beach where Pioneer was getting out of the Laserdisc business and we bought a ton of stuff from them. And then, uh, you know, Dave's Virgin Laserdisc. Megastore. Dave's Laserdisc, Dave's Laserdisc on Boulevard, mm-hmm. which was amazing. Amazing, you amazing know, store. In, in retrospect, we should have paid a lot more attention to Back to the Future 2, which told us uh, by 2015, there would be giant <laughs> bales of laser discs uh, in the garbage in alleyways. <laughs> but that didn't happen. What happened was now there's a big bale of laser discs in my dining room. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys, and I, Ashley, I know we're leaving you out a little bit because of course right. you're a little younger and weren't part of that whole laser disc era that we were in. Did you guys, are there any laser discs you still have that you kept that you held on to? I have all my laser discs. Really? All of them. Wow. Yeah. What Including, about you, Steve? Uh, oh, I have one, I have one book box full of them. I, I sold box. most of them back to uh, Amoeba Records for pennies on the dollar, but I still have, I kept some, a few titles. Some of them were autographed. Like I have a Shawshank Redemption mm. uh, set that's autographed by the director and the cast because they were all at dave's video exactly uh, my star that wars day. that original cav star wars trilogy box set yeah mm-hmm. I, I, I have I, two I, I have two of those <laughs> 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 so darren why did you save all your laser discs i i hate throwing anything away first mm-hmm. of all and i hate i hate selling things unless right. i get good money for them sure so I'm I'm happy to carry them around with me wherever I go, in in this world, um, because uh, who knows? I still have I still have a laserdisc player that works, so just in case, if yeah. if the you know if, if the uh, if the great uh, EMP in the sky happens and erases all my uh, digital files. I still got these babies, and they're they're not suffering from laser rot, as we were warned. Uh, they're still fine. Laser rot. It sounds yes. like a like a science fiction disease that your children would get. It is, right? You know, I, I still remember going to Amoeba with you, Mark, and and you're bringing these giant boxes of laser discs and selling them back, and you were probably getting what two, three, four bucks a piece for them at that point. It was, it was painful, but I waited too long. Because I had a tough time, I was having separation anxiety, and well, I, I waited finally... longer than you did. I was getting yeah. like a quarter a piece, fifty cents. Because the thing is, I sold so many that at least it was good money that I was able to reinvest in DVDs and stuff. You see, gentlemen, <laughs> when when the great pendulum swings back, and the hipsters that are playing vinyl today discover laser discs, they will pay very well for them, and <laughs> there I'll be. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is, of all the D, all the Laserdiscs that I held on to, including two of my Laserdisc players, they were all Criterions. Yeah. Those were the only things I held on to. You know, I, some of them were out of print, and some of them just had great, um, uh, great covers. Yeah. You know, and I oh, wanted, yeah. I, I wanted to, to keep them because, you know, a lot of them were very frameable. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were afraid. That was big in the 90s. A lot of or framing their their record albums because people still had their it was before vinyl made its comeback right so because they had were, stopped playing them 
Yeah, and they so were they listening to CDs. The CD. They were listening to CDs, <laughs> so they put them in frames. And it was the same thing with laser discs. It was like if there was a really nice laser disc cover, you would frame it and put it, you know, in the same kind of frame you would put uh, a, a vinyl. And I, I had a lot of those on my wall, yeah. and they were great. Now, didn't a lot of the early Criterion DVDs basically weren't they essentially remastered versions of what they had done on laserdisc? Pretty they much somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. Not all, because again, it, it, some of them they were under license deals and they wouldn't let them use the commentaries and right. things like that. Although it's interesting because now the Criterion channel is actually putting up some of those early commentaries as part of the Criterion channel and, and some of that early bonus content. And, you know, people who didn't even have the money or, or the time to, to sort of collect Criterion discs now can sort of get a taste of the Criterion experience on the Criterion channel, which is this fabulous streaming channel that Criterion has. That's the inheritor of uh, film, film, whatever. Filmstruck, film right. Film yeah, and, and it, but they were really, you know, they, they, they have complete like sort of Criterion discs with all the bonus materials and then some new stuff that they produce and then a bunch of, uh, you know, more esoteric films that they also uh, stream. And it's not particularly expensive. I think it's what, $99 for the year, but it, they have some really great movies. And, and they put out a lot of stuff on their channel that's not on disc. Like mm-hmm. I know they showed uh, Ken Russell's The Devils yep. last right. year, and that film is still now on disc domestically. I think we talked about that one four thirty movie, didn't we? During uh, one of the Halloween weeks. Yes. Yeah, no, The Devil Made Me Do It week. Yeah. 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 That was uh, that was when we came back for the second season, That's as right. opposed to this weird sort of are we in third season? Is this the uh, end of second season? I don't right. really know. Kind of like the second season of the Next Generation when the writers' strike was going on, <laughs> and they were basically just producing old scripts from Star Trek Phase Two. Nice. That's kind of yeah. I guess that's kind of where we are. Well, look. One thing we've established is that that uh, Criterion Laserdisc is uh, Criterion Laserdisc were great. Criterion DVDs were awesome. Criterion Blu-rays are fantastic, and we anxiously await. Uh, Criterion is sort of behind the curve in terms of putting out 4K UHD. You know, Shout Factory is doing it now. Kino Lorber, which are also also two excellent specialty labels. Uh, Arrow releasing, which is like the genre um, Criterion lately, with releases of Flash Gordon in 4K and and Pitch Black. Um, you know, are doing it. So I don't know what's taking Criterion so long because they jumped into blu-ray pretty early um and in fact for a long time we're releasing uh multi-packs multi-pass Multi-pack. they had <laughs> they had dvd and blu-ray in the same you know in the same uh packaging right. whereas uh the other um they have not yet embraced 4k and i don't know what's taking them because some of the greatest movies of all time are on criterion and they need to do these 4k well uh, like re- everything releases. i think it has to do with cost versus uh return mm-hmm. yeah uh, but they can charge more their- for them yeah, but not enough for, you know, you know how it is. The the, yeah. the audience for these, uh, specifically films that Criterion would cover, is relatively small. And the cost of making a 4K transfer is really expensive. We're talking about 100 grand yeah, at, that's the, true. at the lowest. So yeah. they need to have people buying these things, uh, you know, automatically, or they're just not going to make any money off. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they're still they're still going strong. They're putting out four or five titles uh, a month. Uh, this month, they just came out with, um, where is it? I had it right here. Um, they just came out with, uh, well, they just hand. came out with, uh, here we are. The Irishman just came out, which is nice because, again, that goes right to what we're talking about with streaming, uh, right. how, um, 
you know, you think that, oh, well, I have it on Netflix. Why would I ever need this? But we don't know when Netflix will stop showing it, how long they have it. And also right. um, the fact that uh, there are a bunch of good special features. And, you know, I have all of Scorsese's other films. Why would I not want to have this as part of my collection? So um, that just came out, you know, and, and uh, it, it, they do a great job of, uh, you know, obviously with um, Wes Anderson, but we'll, we'll get into that. So each of us is going to pick a Criterion title that we're going to program as part of Criterion Week and talk about why it's special. Now, the thing about Criterion, I got to ask you guys, are, are you a part of your criteria? Is it just the film or in the case of Criterion, is it also the bonus features that make it something for Criterion Week? I think it's three things. I think it's the film, it's the bonus features, and it's how available is it, how easy is it to find that title in some other format in some other way? I mean, obviously, there. I'm sure there are, uh, you know, films that have got great criterion treatment that you can get elsewhere. We know that's true. But but for me, like, that was that was my criteria. Okay. Well, this week is very interesting to me because I find that a lot of times I can guess or have some idea what you guys are going to pick, except for Ashley. And um, and this week, I have no clue. This week, I have no idea what any of you might pick. So I think we have no idea either, which is the, uh, other than Steve. <laughs> Steve is prepared. I think we have no idea either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, look, we'll start, as always, Monday with Steve Melching. This is Criterion Week. Yes, so my Criterion pick is a film that I purchased on Criterion Edition in Laserdisc, DVD, and Blu-ray, which I'm sure many of us have uh, have done the three-peat. Uh, this is a film that I loved uh, since the day I saw it in the theater when it came out, and uh, I was very eager to get this Criterion Edition because it had some truly great and interesting special features. So. I'm referring to the Laserdisc edition of it, but I believe the Blu-ray edition is exactly the same. Uh, And this was uh, Laserdisc number 196 uh, Ah, in in the series. Uh, (laughs) And it was number 196, a very good uh, era of Criterion. Um, And it's it's one of the first Criterion discs that I bought. Um, It was a box set that sold, that listed for $149 uh, when it came out, which I don't even want to do the, uh, the uh, cost adjusted for inflation price today. <laughs> I'd be like spending almost $300 on one movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's terrifying. Even more actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this disc came out in 1996 uh, and uh, it is- uh, The League it, of Extraordinary- Yes. <laughs> You're not far off. It is the next film by the director of my pick from last week. Uh, I'm talking ah. Harry Gilliam's Brazil. Uh-huh. Brazil. What a great pick. Do you wake from your finest fantasy only to return to your daily nightmare? Is your mother about to look younger than you do? Does the woman of your dreams I love you. In my dreams, I love you. Still have a few doubts. Then it's time to take a stand. To break out of your dull, humdrum life and into Brazil. You're so pleased. You could make it. 
which I always I love the movie when it came out. Uh, I want to I want to uh, turn it over to Darren uh, in a little bit to talk about his experience with Brazil because he's got a great story that I wish I was present for, but I was not. Um, I, I also, of course, have the Jack Matthews Battle mm -hmm. of Brazil book, uh, which was uh, part of the foundation of uh, one of the special features uh, on the disc. They did a, a, a an hour long uh, documentary about the Battle of Brazil, which is the famous tug of war between Terry Gilliam and Sid Sheinberg, and and the release of the film and, and editing it. And you know, we could talk about that. I'm just going to skip talking about the film. I'm going to assume everyone's seen it. It's a it's I think Terry Gilliam's masterpiece. If you uh, haven't see it. Yes, it's terrific. You know, Jonathan Price, Robert De Niro, uh, 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 Ian Holm, Catherine Hellman, Michael Palin, Bob Hoskins. It's a great dystopian, bureaucratic, dark comedy. And it's not what you expect, even yeah. while you're watching it. Yes. It's not what you expect. No matter what version of it you watch. Exactly. And the reason I love this, this, uh, this release is because it it actually contained an alternate cut of the film. It, it contained the Love Conquers All version uh, of the movie, which is the, the infamous version that uh, was where uh, Sid Sheinberg's editors cut 40 some minutes out of the film to, to create a version that they thought would be more commercial and palatable mm -hmm. to an American audience. And I revisited it uh, the other night and it is truly awful. And if you want an education in how powerful editing is, watch right. the Terry Gilliam version and then watch the Love Conquers All version. It's well, mind blowing. It kind of proves that there is no version of this film that is palatable to a wide audience. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a, That's okay. That's yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the Love Conquers All version is just nonsensical. It goes, yeah. it's antithetical to what the movie is about. And it's just, beating the audience over the head with a with a hammer like understand what's happening in this moment here's a flashback you know here's some voiceover to to double explain something it's just it's just awful but there's a there's a famous story that i had read about in jack matthew's book that took place at usc and i want to turn that over to darren to tell this story well it took place 10 years before the release of the criterion disc it took place in 1986 I believe. No, it was it was October 18th, 85. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yes. Well, so this was I, I had basically been at school for at USC for two months, maybe. And uh, I saw this uh, announcement that they were going to screen Terry Gilliam's new film, Brazil. And I'm not sure it was in 466, the, the big screening class. I think it was a separate thing. It was, it was the, the poster said 2.30 p.m. on that date uh, yeah. in the Norris Theater. Right. So it was a... It was and a, I think Arthur Knight hosted it, but it wasn't an official... It wasn't an official class meeting for 466. So, uh, so I could get in, basically, <laughs> as a, as a, uh, a non-enrolled uh, cinema student at the time. So uh, the line was long, talking about long lines. Uh, and the, uh, the auditorium was packed, and we were all sitting in there. And we were waiting. The time for the screening came and nothing happened. Uh, we started to see sort of consternation going on back uh, in the lobby. Uh, and they, uh, they brought uh, 
Terry Gilliam out to say a few words. And uh, so he, he came out there and, uh, and he said, hey, everybody. Um, funny thing, we were going to show you the movie. Honest, we were. As an audiovisual aid to the conversation about filmmaking. Yes. But the studio won't let us. The studio had said, absolutely not. Will you show this cut of your, of your movie? And they warned the people running the film school that if you do, we will have some serious problems with you. And uh, there was a guy who uh, ran operations for the school named Roy Heidecker. And he was sort of the bad guy in the whole thing. He basically said, no, we can't do it. We cannot show anything. And um, apparently uh, Gilliam immediately got on the phone with, if it wasn't Sid Sheinberg, it was one of his minions uh, and was basically screaming uh, <laughs> uh, to, this, uh, to this person um, that, you know, you can't do this. Uh, I, I, I need to show my film, and this is uh, this is an outrage, and uh, and the school wouldn't back him up, unfortunately, because of their relationship with the studio. Um, this had, this was going on for about an hour and a half, and we were still all in the in the theater. At one point, someone said, "You know." Let's march up to the dean's office and do a protest. And so some of us did. Myself as a callow youth, I followed because it seemed the right thing to do at the time. <laughs> and uh, I think about 30 people, maybe a little more, went up into the building to, uh, uh, who was the dean at the time? I think it was... Uh, it wasn't Frank Danielle at that time. It was still, man, my mind is going, Dave. I can <laughs> feel it. Um, but uh, uh, E. Russell McGregor was his name. That's the name on my five uh, denial letters from the film school. <laughs> um, so uh, we went up there and we raised our voices like you know, good protesters. And uh, they shushed us out of there after about 15 minutes. And uh, we went back to the theater and uh, Terry Gilliam was there and he, he just, uh, he, he talked for about a half hour uh, to us all and uh, said, you know, I think this is a good lesson for everybody. <laughs> I was uh, at the uh, the Cinema Library there at USC. They tape record all of these conversations with the Norris Theater. So I was so bummed to have not been a student yet when this happened that I listened to the tape. Yeah. And you could hear Gilliam. He would talk for a while and then he would leave to go take a right. phone call. Then yeah. he would come back and report about what happened on the phone call. Right. And then he would be called. And there was no again. no change. Yeah. You come back, no change. Um, you need to explain to roughly 85% of our audience what tape record means <laughs> i think they can look it up um, anyway brazil criterion collection it's a magnificent it's, it's great 
you you picked the perfect example of why Criterion is so special. That set was a new benchmark for home video, you know, in in in, in much the way that later on uh, the Blade Runner set that Charlie did was. Um, this was so unbelievable in the fact that it included an entire cut that no one had ever seen before of the film that we'd only heard about. Um, I mean, years later, I ended up, Steve and I sold the movie to Sid Sheinberg. And the only reason we wanted to do it, it was a ridiculous idea, but the only reason we wanted to do it was because we wanted to sit in a room with Sid Sheinberg and ask him about Brazil and legend. <laughs> and uh, in fact, we did. And in that meeting, he actually admitted that he made a mistake with Brazil, uh, although he was still bitter about the whole thing. Um, and it was, you know, that was the whole reason uh, that we uh, that we wanted to do the film. And uh, and it was it was great to have that opportunity to sit in a room with him and talk about all this stuff. And he, he was very happy to talk about his career running Universal. Um, but uh, but that set is so sensational, along with all the bonus material. And it famously included the Battle for Brazil, mm-hmm. um, which was a feature length documentary about what had happened with Brazil. Um, and of course, I remember very well because I was in college at the time when Brazil came out and, you know, all the newspapers, remember those like tape reporters <laughs> were talking because that was when, you know, there were great film critics and, you know, t- uh, you know, huge sections, t- the arts and leisure section, section, talk about this. And it was the subject of much controversy. And when it finally did get released, it was a huge deal and it proceeded to make no money. Yeah. But I remember... And we went opening weekend to see Brazil and I was completely fascinated by the whole story and loved the movie. And so when this set came out, it was a huge deal. And I believe the first thing I watched was the documentary because that's often what you did with Criterion. If it was a movie that you love, the first thing you would do is watch the special features because it wasn't like now where it's usually EPK material that is just cut in and stitched into like a five or 10 minute, you know, these were new interviews generally and people were very honest and they, really quite substantial in terms of the way that they addressed um, uh, the films that they were covering. It included a full commentary track by Gilliam on the film, and then the Love Conquers All version had a commentary by a film critic uh, analyzing the cut. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the the Laserdisc and the Blu-ray have the European cut. Yes. Yes. Now that was the cut. Had all three cuts. I think the DVD also had the US cut. Which is At about least 10 the, minutes the thick box DVD did. Yes, yes, there were two versions. Yeah. But the European version was the version that those people that uh, gave our names to the TA in that class, uh, we were called later on, and we got to see the European version after it was released. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Well, that's a, that's a really great pick. And it just it, it epitomizes everything that's great about Criterion. So very special laser, this very special Blu-ray, just amazing. And then you know um, I remember that box. I mean that giant box, mm-hmm. the laser disc, it was heavy. Yeah, had a lot of heft. So Tuesday, Darren Document, what's your Criterion pick? Tuesday is a film by Terry Gilliam called Brazil. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the um, Adventures of Baron Munchausen was a great release, also on Criterion. Yes. Terry Gilliam week. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, and Time Bandits. <laughs> also on Criterion. <laughs> if we're ready for Tuesday, I'll begin. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Everyone can simmer down. Darren is speaking. Let's. The audience. If I may. Um, I, I went back and forth 
about which title to pick. And of course, it's coming from my Laserdisc days, because at that point, Laserdisc was the only way to get widescreen films. Now, when I say widescreen, it was what we call letterbox on the top and the bottom in a square frame of TVs that existed at the time. And so that was the only way to get the, the original release frame of a film. So the one that I really loved and spent a lot of money on was something that I had never been able to see in its uh, full release form on video before. And for a while, it was the only way to see it. Uh, the uh, European cut of this as well. This is Blade Runner. There was an escape from the off-world colonies two weeks ago. Six replicants. I need you, Dex. I need the old Blade Runner. Replicants are like any other machine. They're either a benefit or a hazard. If they're a benefit, it's not my problem. I'm Rachel. Deckard. They were designed to copy human beings in every way. How can it not know what it is? Commerce is our goal here at Tyrell. More human than human is our motto. If only you could see what I've seen. What seems to be the problem? I want more life. It's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? More human than human is our motto. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. The Criterion version of Blade Runner, before Charlie's version, um, was amazing. The, the picture quality, the sound quality, was astounding for the time. Laserdisc was a pretty good format for video, um, certainly compared to the crapola VHS and even beta of the time. Because remember, uh, you youngsters, video looked terrible. <laughs> even at its best, it was awful. Hmm. Ask your parents to show you sometime. Because it's on look at the TVs we were watching them on. The TVs were crap, and so were so was the home video. You know, honestly, I don't know how we survived, quite frankly. <laughs> and Literally, we are incredibly spoiled now with our perfect 4K uh, renditions of films. It's uh, the difference, no, even is unbelievable. Even a, even a 27-inch Sony X Trinitron XBR, yeah. like state of the art, was yes, yeah, $800, $800 worth of TV. Eight hundred dollars the crap is what it yeah. was. <laughs> it was terrible, um, and we didn't know. We didn't know how terrible it was. It was what we had. Yeah, but we would go it's to. All we knew. But we would go to like your house or Mojo, who had a projector, right. but always like projecting onto like a white sheet or something. <laughs> so it still sucked. <laughs> well, the the thing is that that this was you know Criterion's releases were 
the best that you could possibly have at the time. And it was the best representation of films that you could see. Uh, you know, my, my second choice was uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Because um, all these, these releases of these, you know, special, uh, special versions of these films that you had never seen in their, in their quote, pristine form, um, were glorious to watch on mm. TV on the, in this form. And it was, it was as close as you could get to the experience of watching it in a theater. But in addition to this great audiovisual presentation, the bonus material was unsurpassed. All this stuff, you know, uh, Ashley mentioned uh, script uh, excerpts. Sometimes they included entire scripts uh, and they had oodles and oodles of stills, uh, you know, behind the scenes, uh, uh, stills from the making of the film and, uh, you know, documentaries. It's just so good. And that Blade Runner disc, discs, because remember it was CAV. So I think it was on three or four discs. In a box. In a big, in a, uh, not, a not big a, thick box. Not a, slip, not a sleeve, yep. yeah. Yeah. And it was just glorious. And you felt like you were getting your money's worth, which was amazing because this was one film. Yeah. One it had film. weight. I mean, like Mark mentioned, it had weight. When you got four yeah. or five discs in a box, it's got some heft. Yeah. You Each were 12 inch discs. Like 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Oh, I know. I had some furniture that buckled under the <laughs> buckled under from all those <laughs> boxes of laser discs and stuff. I think I'd bought it at Z Gallery. Right. <laughs> which is like gone the way of uh gone the way of laser you know it's funny though darren because you pick two discs that you know are both uh triumphs and 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 it's both uh, uh, uh and a tragedies in the sense that um those were state-of-the-art at the time but you know of course blade runner has been clearly surpassed by charlie's sure. amazing uh, set and then lawrence arabia sony recently put out uh, a, a remarkable box set of 4K discs yes. that included Lawrence of Arabia, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, right. um, League of Our Own, Gandhi. It's a weird collection. And uh, and but, uh, Jerry um, Maguire. And Jerry Maguire. Yeah. So those have been, you know, ultimately supplanted, uh, you know, as but time marches on. But not the bonus materials. But not the, bo great point. The bonus, the materials, bonus materials remain untouched. Yeah. And it's true because... Um, later on, you had, you know, after Dr. No and Goldfinger and From Russia With Love came out, uh, which were amazing sets. Uh, later on, MGM, with John Cork, uh, did a beautiful Goldfinger and Thunderbolt set, right. which are also phenomenal. John Cork, um, who was also in that audience for the, uh, for the <laughs> Brazil screening, I believe. Um, and, and it's funny because... Um, but you know, it still never, never had the the you know what those initial three laser just had, which was this complete honesty about the material. Yeah. Um, but those sets were uh, those sets were also like benchmarks uh, of the laser disc era. Those two Bond things, and they paved the way for what he did on DVD, which is yeah. also remarkable and doesn't get enough credit because that material has been repurposed over and over and over again for the Blu-ray release for the uh, SVOD really, you know, uh, yeah, iTunes releases and things like that. But never in but, its entirety. Um, mm, That's yeah. the sad part that a lot of these, a lot of the little things from these are just gone. Get dropped. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And a lot of them, because they're in standard def resolution, nobody, right. it's not worth it. They, they think that no it. one would want to see them. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're wrong. They are, but there's no convincing them. Yeah. So that's Tuesday. True that, that's Tuesday. Okay, that brings us to Ashley and Wednesday. Buckle your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. <laughs> Look, it is usually my job to go out of the box. The Ashley, pop- you're not going to pick Armageddon, are you? I am so not going to pick Armageddon. It's as difficult as it is to go out of the box with uh, the Criterion Collection, um, I'm going to go out of the box in a different way. I, I think, honestly, in kind of a lovely way. Um, the, uh, the the film that I'm picking, I don't. I, I feel like maybe Steve will be down with my funk groove on this. I, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be in Darren and Mark's wheelhouse, um, but. Uh, the, the film in question is, is really quite amazing and um, has had, I, I think, more of a cultural influence than, than people quite understand. I will introduce it um, with, a, with a quote, and, and not quite from the film. It's from um, a 1981-82 adaptation of the film uh, for the, the, the English language audience, um, a voiceover, a little boy who says the following. When we're on a mission, I keep count of how many ninja my father kills. He says not to keep count, only to pray for their souls. But if I don't keep count, I don't know how many souls to pray for, so I keep count. So far, it's 342. I'm speaking of Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance, the first of six films uh, based on the Lone Wolf and Cub manga uh, by Kazuo Koike, uh, and it was released in 1972 by Toho, who of course was the studio behind the Godzilla films, um, directed by Kenji Masumi. Gojira. Gojira. Gojira, yes, exactly. Kenji Masumi, who directed the Zatoichi films, he directed like 26 of them, I believe. Um, and it is, it's just an amazing uh, little samurai film. And when I say little, I mean um, only that, you know, it was, it, it wasn't a big sweeping epic. This isn't Akira Kurosawa. This is a, a, a dirty nasty little film it's gritty it's the dirty hairy of samurai films kids Um, you may know it today as the mandalorian yeah you might you know what kids you would know it as the mandalorian because it is exactly what the mandalorian is um just so okay because i just i love that you brought that up had you not made that connection before actually you know what no no, i did but it's like i didn't even think about it in the context of introducing this as i was thinking about like all of the other ways that it influenced culture right so sam mendez's road to perdition is essentially an adaptation of lone wolf and cub and he would tell you that like that was that was part of the conversation when it came out frank miller uh, who was the, the the writer and artist of The Dark Knight Returns based Ronin um, a lot on Lone Wolf and Cub when Lone Wolf and Cub, the manga, was released in the United States. Um, Frank Miller did a whole bunch of original covers for all of the trade paperback releases. And arguably, Ronin is really what set Frank Miller as a force in American comics 
which made the Dark Knight Returns possible. And there are so many things that would be impossible in terms of how we understand comic books and comic book film without the Dark Knight Returns. So the value of these movies, the value of that manga is it's it's subtle, but I, I, I don't think you can understate it because it's huge. Um, the, the idea of the movies is that the Shogun's executioner, um, Ogami Ito, uh, is framed for treason. Uh, ninja come to his house. They come to kill him. They kill his wife. He escapes with his very young son, who he pushes around in a baby cart that has got all sorts of badass weapons in it. Um, and then he proceeds to kill the unholy crap out of a lot of ninja in unbelievably glorious ways, including a truly fantastic fight uh, in a grassy field where um, Ogami Ito is, uh, is, is ready to, to, you know, to have, his, uh, to have his, his duel with another samurai. He's got his son on his back, right? And as he charges the other samurai, he ducks. And you realize that the little boy has wearing like a little mirrored thing like on his head shines sunlight in the other samurai's eyes. He cuts that dude in half and it is unbelievably great. So here is what's awesome about the Criterion collection of this film. So not only does it include Sword of Vengeance, it also includes Baby Cart at the River Sticks, which was combined with Sword of Vengeance to create the 1981-82 Shogun Assassin adaptation. Um, and then four other films, right? It's a Criterion Collection edition, which I have right here. <laughs> uh, six films for your hard-earned money. Um, it's, it's its uh, own it's, week. Yeah, it is. It is a week, right? It's basically <laughs> like for Wednesday. I'm giving you a week, man. It's it's only 2K, but it's totally worth it. These movies are so great it also includes a a high def uh, version of shogun assassin which is totally worth the watch simply for the voiceover which is just bananas that i gave you like a a, a preview of with, as i introduced the films um there's all kinds of interviews it's just it's amazing I, I, if you love samurai films if you love comic books um if you love batman if you love the mandalorian then you need to watch this movie. I promise it will bring a smile to your face. You know, it, it, I will warn you, it's very violent. It's very bloody. What? Um, it's crazy, but God, it is, it's so good. It's so good. So I'm gonna blow your mind, Ashley. I have seen all the Kurosawas. I have seen Sword of Vengeance, or Sword of Doom. Sword of Doom, I've seen, which is amazing. Also, I've seen, uh, also I have seen Harakiri. I, I have seen Zatoichi or several of the Zatoichi films. I have not seen a single Lone Wolf and Cub, although I do own this box set. So I will, Dude, I will rectify. That does blow my mind. Because I believe you that you, <laughs> I believe you, I, I know you, I, I believe you that you've seen all those films. By the way, we could, we could talk about Sword of Doom too, because Sword of Doom is awesome. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you haven't seen Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance, or any of the other Lone Wolf and Cub movies. Steve, I promise. I he has seen The Mandalorian, however. <laughs> yeah. But you will, you will love this film. It's, uh, yes. It's beautiful. Uh, thank you for reminding me that I have it in my library. <laughs> so <laughs> You're will, welcome, Steve. That's why I'm here. <laughs> That's what this whole show is about. 
it's too bad the Melchplex isn't in gear because uh, that would no. make a nice uh, sort of weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah. I, I thanks to the pandemic, I can't have my friends over. Uh, I, I used to enjoy hosting screenings that. Uh, Not well, anymore. Yeah, we would do all kinds of great theme screenings, Guilty Pleasures Week, Hidden Treasures Week, all various themes and uh, make a whole day of it. And it was it that was time is past. It's funny you mentioned that, Steve, because, you know, a lot of times on social stuff, people ask, they say, how do you guys like know all these movies? Like, you know, how have you well, seen all this we stuff? We watched them together. But, but yeah, not only did you know we watch them growing up and on home video, but yeah, there was a, a, a you know you used to host. We all used to host these films, and it was great because it was like the fourth movie. We do something like Hidden Treasures, and each person would bring a film to that, and we'd watch them all. And that's the way we would be introduced to films outside of our I don't know comfort zone is the right word, but our, our realm of knowledge. Yeah. And you know, I remember Darren bringing Will Success Spoil, Rock Hunter. Ah, uh, yes. You know, yeah, absolutely. And and and, and you know, uh, and the president. So Analyst. many interesting films. Yeah. President's Analyst. You know, that was something that uh, I think Alan Spencer introduces to. So, um, so many films that we, you know, because of this, you know, and and now I know on social the thing that a lot of these. Um, streaming uh, are really pushing are these watch parties but i don't feel like the watch party is something where you sit and you really watch a movie it's like when you watch a movie you've seen and you talk about oh that scene's great how about that neo he really knows that again. you know like i it's encouraging people to talk right. during movies yeah which is the worst thing i can imagine <laughs> terrible <laughs> it's like a nightmare yeah. Yeah, those those it was great. Everyone would bring a movie and would introduce it, and we'd watch. We'd have food and beverages, and and we'd have a whole like a whole afternoon and evening of our little film festival. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Again, another another great pick. Yeah. Unexpected. Uh, it made me think, even though this has nothing to do with Lone Wolf and Cub, how in the '90s, you know, part of uh, besides going to the new art to see '90s Hong Kong films, Criterion was a big part of that with that beautiful hard-boiled set and uh, the killer as well you know which was a, 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 probably some of the films i watched the most uh in my criterion discs god. and i could have um, you know, look I, I let's talk about those on friday but my god yes 100 percent. yeah yeah but uh but anyway okay so that brings us to to thursday i i i i'm i i, I i've said this before there has been no more difficult week for me <laughs> than the week this is by far the hardest week i've ever faced on this show and you know my first thought was okay it's the end of fascism in america this week so maybe it's the manchurian candidate we can't you know? see it there you are in honor of the end in yes. the honor of the end of donald trump you know <laughs> do i do the manchurian candidate but the problem with the manchurian candidate great movie but the the, the this version is basically a report of the dvd that was on another label mm. so i'm not going to go with that if I'm going to stick with my goodbye, Donald Trump, you're fired, facing the crowd. Maybe that would be. This is a great set. Has a lot of cool stuff about Ilya Kazan on it. Terrific movie. But we've talked about it before on the show. So I'm not going to go with that. Um, here's a movie that I absolutely love. Seconds. Fantastic great. John Frankenheimer yeah. movie. Uh, Upside, but there you again, the, 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 the special features are not amazing on this there's some cool stuff there's an alec baldwin interview there's an interview with salome jans there's um uh, audio commentary from an earlier release with john frankenheimer 
But, you know, as much as I love the movie, does that make it to Criterion Week? Probably not. I'm uh, struggling to understand why they interviewed Alec Baldwin. He's a huge fan. Okay. Ace in the Hole. A, a great example of what Criterion does so well. You know, this was a film that went through a lot of iterations, including the big circus. Um, uh, one of the things we haven't talked about that's so wonderful about Criterion, that's a lost art. Let's talk about that. Not only the gatefold, not only the gatefold, but the liner notes. That said he holds. Every Criterion <laughs> comes with what? It said he invisible... Like when you held it up, like it was just... <laughs> uh, like okay so anyway comes with this beautiful liner notes so um that that's something that should be uh, uh considered as well um i absolutely love this, uh, this incredible set this is orson wells mr arcadian um and this arcadian. has arcadian yes this indeed and this has three different versions of this film because as we all know with orson wells you know, there's so many unfinished or different versions, studio versions. And so this has Confidential Report. It has Mr. Cotton. It's a great set. It has never been put on Blu-ray. It's still only on DVD. Gorgeous. Right gorgeous. cup is the one I'm giving it. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about this movie. How can you not? Uh, 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 this yes. certainly has to be in contention. Seven Samurai. Extraordinary yep. film yep. by Kurosawa. Um, but, you know, still in shrink wrapping. So I can't can't vote it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I obviously love the movie. Uh, here's a movie I actually showed at Hidden Treasures, Steve. This is three films by Joseph von Sternberg. Recently came out on Blu-ray. It has three great movies: Underworld. Uh, it also that was the one by Len Weiss and York with like the vampires and the werewolves fighting. <laughs> yeah, that that's right. Okay. And but the what the film that I showed was The Last Command. Yes, this brilliant silent film. Uh, uh, which I I, I loved. Deletsta Command um, or whatever. Yeah. Exactly about the uh, the Russian Revolution. It's extraordinary, and it's uh, it's amazing that it's on this disc and was recently re-released in in Blu-ray. I mean, I could go through so many more. But I'm not going to things like To Be or Not to Be. Blowout, a uh, beautiful version of the Brian De Palma movie. Um, but he, you know, and so many great noirs like Leave Her to Heaven, Gilda. Um, uh, you know, in a lonely place, those are all just some noirs that they put out. But I've narrowed it down to, to, to well, oh, sweet smell of success. Uh, <laughs> one of my absolutely favorite criteria. Well, it must be Thursday which, because Mark has picked 30 movies by now, which is which is <laughs> filled with an amazing bunch of special features. Uh, uh, there's a documentary about James Wong Howe, Alexander McKendrick, a uh, fabulous uh, liner notes. This, this, see, this is the real deal because it's not only a great film. The special features are extensive and fantastic and much better than the old MGM Laserdisc. So that's part of my criterion. Uh, but okay, here we go. I've narrowed it down to just three films now. And <laughs> I'm about to tell you. The I'm about, about to tell to you hit what the they, road. I'm about okay. to tell you what they are. And I could give you a lot more, but you know, obviously the show's going on too long and I shouldn't monopolize my time here. So here we are. This is the bronze Showa. Show the document, the eight-hour documentary about the Holocaust, mm -hmm. which never uses any archival footage. It's Claus Landsman's genius film in which he just interviews survivors and perpetrators and um, and uses footage of um, the camps at the time, contemporaneous with when the film was made. Mm -hmm. An extraordinary, extraordinary set from Criterion that documents this horror. And today is actually uh, the anniversary of Kristallnacht, 
So it's actually, I hadn't thought of that when I suggested this, but this, this is a remarkable, remarkable film. Okay. Then, so when you hear what I actually did think, you're going to so he went from Showa to this. Good, real nice, Mark. Okay. Number two, my, my, my uh, runner up. Close. The Big Chill. The Big oh. Chill. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan's film uh, uh, about uh, people. Hold it back near your face so we can co- see. It. Old college friends. Old there you go. Friends That's working. For the, uh, <laughs> after the uh, suicide of one of their friends. This is, again, uh, filled with some great uh, special features, including the Toronto International Film Festival reunion um, documentary from 1998 uh, I, and, and a beautiful transfer of the film. So the, that, to me, is what makes an exceptional criterion disc. But now, after I've shared all this with you, here is my pick for Thursday. Are you ready, gentlemen? Nope. Here we go. It's not one film. It's two films. It's okay. two versions of The Killers. It's Robert Sidemack's original version, which is one of the great movies of all time, uh, with Burt Lancaster. And uh, Lancaster. it's just uh, ex- extraordinary. And then a not-so-extraordinary version of The Killers, written by my hero, Gene Kuhn. Uh, and yet, it's not very good. But uh, it stars Lee Marvin uh, as one of The Killers. And also in the film as the villain is Ronald Reagan. There you go. So I absolutely adore this version of The Killers. Uh, it's both movies. There's great liner notes. There's the original radio show adaptation. There's audio excerpts from the Don Siegel who directed the, the remake. There's all kinds of great goodies on this. And this is just a very special set because no one is going to buy the remake of The Killers on its own. But when you put the two films together, when you put the peanut in the chocolate, it becomes something really, really special. And this was a great DVD that I only hoped would one day come out on Blu-ray. It finally did. I love the set. This is my pick for Thursday. I was over at Henry's. A couple of guys came in and tied up me and the cook. They shoved us in the kitchen. They said they were going to shoot you when you came in to supper. Well, George thought I ought to come over and tell you. There's nothing I can do about it. I can tell you what they look like. I don't want to know what they're like. Thanks for coming. Don't you want me to go and see the police? No. That wouldn't do any good. Isn't there something I could do? There ain't anything to do. Couldn't you get out of town? No. I'm through with all that running around. Why do they want to kill you? I did something wrong once. Thanks for coming. Yeah, it's all right. I know. I really wish I was hosting a Hidden Treasures Day because I haven't seen that movie and you could have brought it and we could have watched it. Oh, well, maybe I will when this damn pandemic is over. Because I don't think... There's a sale. There's a Criterion sale happening right now via Barnes and Noble. So maybe I maybe I should. Pick There's it a up. sale at Penny's. <laughs> like halfway movies Steve hasn't seen week. What <laughs> movies Steve hasn't seen week? Well, maybe we should do yeah. uh, movies the, the, the Yankee Swap again. You know, or whatever we yeah. get for Christmas. No, I, w- I was going to suggest we do uh, like a New Year's resolution week where we, in advance, we each pick a movie that we haven't seen that we really want oh. to see. Oh, and then, I love that. And yeah. then we watch it and then we report back. Let's do that. I, 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 I love that. I love that. And, you know, in addition, there are a couple more <laughs> things I have here. But I, um, Well, it's, t- it's Friday. So, so these, Friday. Are, so it's these Friday. are Friday picks. 
broadcast. I have disc. that one. Broadcast yeah, that's news, a great which one. I think great we disc. actually picked for yeah. um, journalism week. Sure, I think Darren I think, might. I think, right. I think I did. Yeah. Yes. You, you type and, it here; it comes out and, there. And, and Mark and Mark was perturbed. Yeah, I was. He was. <laughs> <laughs> I said, to Darren, "You're never going to make more than fifteen thousand dollars a year." <laughs> um. Here's another great one. Can't read it. Oh, Army of Shadows. Army of Shadows. Army of Shadows. That's a good one. Yeah. That was the prequel to Army of Darkness, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. I remember uh, uh, you and I saw that at Telluride. One of the many films that we saw at Telluride uh, together. We did. Oh, God. And it was, it, we knew nothing about it other than the fact that it was Melville. Yeah. And then we saw it and it just blew us away. So yeah. great. So great. So where, where, do we, where do we think of Friday, gentlemen? Well, personally, when you said the um, hard-boiled Criterion Collection... I was like, yeah, because I think it was actually the very first Criterion that I owned, even though it was on DVD. Um, that was and, my number two choice, the hard-boiled edition yeah. with the with John Woo and Terrence Chang audio commentary. Yep. I mean, now, talk about another movie where there's like a dude with like a baby and he's killing people. I mean, come on. Now, I, I will say they lost the license for this title so they never released it on blu-ray it's only on laserdisc there's so, a D, there's a dvd of it too uh, yeah, there is a DVD. but i don't believe it has the audio commentary the laserdisc did which i still own and is autographed by john and terrence I and run and chow yun fat my shelf like right now but i won't because uh, that would force me to leave my chair and they did the uh, kill, the 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 uh the killer, the killer as well yeah uh, exactly the, the killer exactly which is a different film than the killers but the killer is right. amazing if you haven't seen it yeah. Oh no, it's, it's fantastic. Another, uh, okay. Well, let me. Criterion ahead, did great uh, uh, editions of the Robert Altman films. They were always a favorite of mine. The uh, the Criterion, The Player, and mm -hmm. Shortcuts were Absolutely. both terrific editions. Uh, I could totally get behind The Player. And they did a great deleted scenes, commentary. Now more than ever. All kinds of cool stuff. Now more than ever. They did a great version, believe it or not, of Ghostbusters on Laserdisc that had uh, deleted scenes on it for the first time and uh, 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 script galleries and, and all kinds of stuff. It, it was a really great edition of the film. And I believe that they had- This uh, just came out. They had some John Candy oh. storyboards. Oh yes, of course. War of the, the War of the Worlds. So cool. It's great. So good. A, uh, I, I, I devoured Citizen Kane, that. it's terrific. An amazing I, I, transfer. But the best part is the bonus materials. Yes. We the see- The documentary with Ben The Burt. documentary is great. Ben Burt and I, I forget who else did this with him. Basically recreated from scratch the sounds and the, and uh, was it just the sounds? Um, of the Martian war machine. And it was amazing, uh, absolutely amazing. The, his his uh, archeology span and, and uh, reconstruction of these things is so cool to watch. Uh, I, I loved it. And it, there's a great commentary on the, uh, on the disc as well. And uh, it's just so much fun. And it, it really, it, it, it makes that movie brand new almost the the look so, uh, the, the restoration of it is amazing 
It's spectacular. So hard, hard boiled and war of the worlds are our front runners right now. Yeah. They, there Let was me... a, there was a great version of taxi driver on Laserdisc mm. that had Martin Scorsese and uh, um, Paul Schrader audio commentary that I think has never been re-released. No, but the Sony 4k version is pretty, pretty great. Yeah. There's been some subsequent Sony releases that are pretty amazing. How about this one? Oh, last, I just, last picture I, show? I just bought that set a few oh, months yeah. ago. Wow. And I, wow. I, just, I watched The King of Marvin Gardens for the first time a couple months ago, <laughs> and it was, it was terrific. And it has the monkey's head as well. <laughs> and Drivey said the only film besides Two Takes that Jack Nicholson directed, and uh, a great transfer of the last picture show. So, I yeah, want you to put it great... between your knees. Yeah, so Mark is holding up a box set of uh, of films uh, from the uh, what's the name of the studio? The um, BBS BBS story, right. uh, America Lost and Found, which has one of my favorites, uh, Last Picture Show, um, uh, Easy Rider, yeah, Five Easy Pieces. Uh, it's a it's a terrific box set. Honestly, and, and guys, I I'll tell you, did a great I, version of like, This Is Spinal Tap. On, on Criterion. Oh my God! And it was all black with a pick. Yeah, the whole yes. thing was because it, there was no. It never said Spinal Tap anywhere except on the guitar pick right. because it was like the album. The whole the black was love. black. Yeah, and yeah it, it had, smelled uh, the Isn't that the version that had like all the deleted scenes? It was like an hour's worth of mm -hmm. deleted scenes on it that were all kind of cut together into almost a parallel movie, including the uh, the Cheese Festival uh, reel. Yeah. Yep. yep. That was. There was a great. Uh, Mark mentioned the. Uh, Mark mentioned earlier the Close Encounters box set back yep. in the day, which was fantastic. Uh, the Graduate. There was a version of the Graduate uh, back in the day that was terrific. And they also re-released the Graduate on Blu-ray, which is a great set. Except the, most of the special features were repurposed from previous versions. Yeah. Um, but I would I would say for Friday. I got, uh, I would definitely, you know, they've done well by De Palma, even though their first version of Dress to Kill had to be reissued because it was color timed incorrectly. Um, there's also a great version of David Fincher's The Game mm -hmm. uh, that they did. Mm -hmm. And uh, Which one of my favorites. Totally underrated film. I love I, the I game. Love the game. And, uh, you know, here is uh, John Huston's Asphalt Jungle, again, doing right by, uh, by, uh, by Noir. The game is another one of those I need to revisit. I wasn't thrilled with it when I saw it the one time that I saw it in the theater. Oh, it's so. great. I loved it from go. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to say, even though I was kind of pushing hard-boiled, I think, to me, the, the movie that we've talked about that kind of best represents all of us is maybe War of the Worlds. This could be the beginning of the end for the human race. For what men first thought were meteors or the often ridiculed flying saucers are in reality the flaming vanguard of the invasion from Mars. Looks like they're going to come out of that gully pretty soon. We'll have to rush our defenses to be ready when they do. Guys need plenty of reinforcements. We'll get them. Lieutenant, look! I'd be comfortable with that. Yeah, also too. because it was not a laser disc. It was not a DVD. It's yeah. new to Criterion. It's recent. It's really recent. It's within the yeah, last it month and a half. It shows how vital they still are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, not everything, you know, even though they pioneered stuff like Rules of the Game and, you know, some of the Fellini and, and Renoir and Mulville, but they also, you know, doing stuff like, War of the, you know, George Powell, like War of the Worlds, 
You they know? didn't and skimp that's... on this one. Not no. a bit. I, I, sh I would be remiss if I didn't remind you that uh, I picked War of the Worlds uh, uh, for Alien Invasions Week, uh, although that was a year ago. So That's a long More time than a year ago. ago. I'm sure they've forgotten about that. Ago. That was before the virus. And this is the, we're talking about the criterion. Times, dark times, the criterion the War Empire. of the Worlds. This yes. is the criterion War of the Worlds. That's right. Which is, we're, we're evaluating the whole package, which is yes. phenomenal. Hey, nice package. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd go with that. They didn't put out any of the Muppet movies. Yeah, I'd go with War of the Worlds. i I go with War of the Worlds. Let's do okay. War of the Worlds. Do we all agree? Is it War of the Worlds? I, yes. War of the Worlds. Yes, right. always. Fantastic. Okay, well, this was a pretty extraordinary week, and I, I think we could have done this week, made Criterion Week a month with all oh, the yeah, amazing sure. titles that they've done. And if you're a fan of Criterion, uh, often they have sales, Barnes Noble, Amazon, and of course the Criterion Channel is available anytime, uh, and you can you can sign up for that on uh, to stream, and it's really quite uh, a fantastic uh, uh, streaming is, channel. This is not a paid announcement, but it could be. Yeah, and of course, um, for us, for Steve and I, Criterion ha had extra value because it was a, a part of Janus Films, uh, and Janus Films were involved with putting on the Telluride Film Festival, which was mm. such a, a special time for both of us for many, many years. Steve still goes on, I haven't been in many years, but um, you know, I went for close to 20 years to the Telluride Film Festival and he's gonna catch up on, with me one day. I know, and, I was uh, that's where we discovered I, I, so I many special gonna, films. I was supposed to go this year. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is a really fantastic week. And uh, we'll be back soon with another episode of the 430 movie. But until then, I let's mean, remind you. Didn't we be going through recapping our picks? I am. That's what okay. I'm doing. I said, <laughs> but until right. then, let us remind you what we picked <laughs> for the 430 movie this week. Monday, it's Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Tuesday, it's He Say You Braid Runner. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my ex-wife calls me. Cold and uh, <laughs> Wednesday, it's Ashley Miller with Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance. Thursday, it's <laughs> the Killers, both the original version and the 1964 remake by Don Siegel. <laughs> and Friday, it's George Pals. Da, 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 da. Guys, this is a pretty great week. I would watch yeah. the crap out of this week. Oh, the crap <laughs> will be watched. It will be. <laughs> it's a it's a great it's a great week. And not only they're great films, but great great behind the scenes featurettes, commentaries, still galleries, liner notes. It's what every this is how physical media will survive against streaming by putting together these kind of special collections. You know, uh, Arrow gets it, Criterion gets it, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, they get it. The studios don't get it. You know, why are you gonna buy the latest Marvel film in 4K when you can watch it on Disney Plus? You know, you, you need to, to, to have the special features that, you know, warrant spending the money. I, I can think of an executive that we could bring on the show that we could yell at and ask him. Well, that would he be wants great to do if the we show. had guests on this show. 
which right. we, well, we have. We've had Dean and we've had Ryan Condell. Not anymore. But, 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 but no, Steve, Steve wants to come and do the show. And I think it'd be very interesting to have a studio executive talk off with, from their perspective. About why this, they do this the, dumb their, crap? Wait, no, no, no. No, about their studio <laughs> history, about their their the, the history of the studio, and 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 uh, anyway. But that's the conversation for today. For now, on behalf of Steve, Ashley, myself, and Darren, we'd like to uh, uh, thank um, again Bill Ritter, our fabulous sound engineer, for making it sound so great. Our production coordinator, Peter Holmstrom, who's been vital in doing research and pulling clips, audio clips for the shows. And of course, our producer, Natalie Miscali, we'd like to thank you, our audience, for sticking with us through this weird schedule of ours and this long, prolonged hiatus. And, uh, and our extra uh, long and, episodes. <laughs> and our, our extra long episodes. Which We're making awesome, up for lost time. Yes. And of course, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us on 430 Movie Pod. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at the 430 Movie. And if you're looking for some great 430 Movie swag, visit 430movie.com. Dot com. That's the com the dot is for savings. And the com. Yes. And uh, and check out some great uh, fourth movie swag that's available through our website. <laughs> so until next time on the four thirty movie, keep on trucking. Until <laughs> <laughs> wait, let's try it again. Until next time on the four thirty movie. Nope, that doesn't work. What's next a good time like outro? on the four thirty movie? We'll see right. you at the movies. Talk about we'll more movies. There you go. What Ashley said. Yeah. So until the next time, we'll see you at the movies. For now, <laughs> Eyewitness News starts now. This week's episode is brought to you by Bifco. What are you looking at, butthead? This is a production of the Electric Surge Network.